Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,545. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a very special guest, Austin Perush. Austin Perush is the owner of Perush Automotive Craftsmanship, I should say, in Appleton, Wisconsin. He and his team are specialists in automotive metal restoration and fabrication. Before starting his own company, Austin honed his craft, working on Concorde-level restorations, including some of the most beautiful collector cars in the world, Ferraris, Maseratis, Rolls Royces, and many others. His true passion lies in Italian marks that are coach-built, specifically from the 50s. And today, he's building a one-off vehicle inspired by the designs of that era, an alloy body barchetta he his nickname Strada Americana. So we're going to hear all about that. We'll be back in a moment to talk to Austin, but first, a valued word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. We'll be right back. You know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat protectors are easy on Easy off designs that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks. Their seat savers are custom tailored to fit your seats, just like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn a lot more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark Green at Cars Yeah sent you. By the way, I've got a deal for you. You can get 10% off using the code YEAH120. That's Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code YEAH120, and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARSYEAH. That's right, 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine, and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence 
of collecting. Hey, Austin, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right. It's really nice to have you here. Before we jump into the questions, and I'm excited also to hear about this build that you're doing. Sounds fascinating. Yeah. Could you tell our listeners one little thing about yourself that maybe most people don't know? Initially out of high school, I went to art school for sculpture. That's cool. And that's something most people don't know. It, it helped segue me into into the automotive world, at least the craftsman part of it. Right. But it's sort of a round, roundabout way again. <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating and it makes a world of sense to me because when you go to art school, design school, one of the big keys there is to help you see things and understand things. And of course, you hone your craft and being a sculptor. Definitely. That's what you do every day is you sculpt things, but you're sculpting them out of metal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sheet metal primarily. Um, we fabricate a lot of other components too, but you have to have um, you have to have a pretty keen eye, and I think that's you know really something that going to school helped me develop. Oh, absolutely. My son worked one summer in a shop uh, helping, and his whole project that summer, it was when he was in high school, was working on a Ferrari. And he would come home at night and say, Dad, you know, these cars are so beautiful from the outside, but taking this thing apart, I'm wondering about the people that were building this thing because (laughs) under the skin, things are just really haphazard and bizarre. And he said, I was taking out the front headlights as a Daytona taking out the headlight buckets. And he said, you know, I was looking at them and thinking, I don't think these are the same measurements. And he said they were off by about an eighth of an inch on the width. (laughs) I said, well. Eighth of of an inch is minimal. Yeah, (laughs) probably. I mean, I've I've seen cars with quarter panels that are, you know, an inch and a half longer than the other side of the car. Yeah, one guy working on one side, one the other. And that's that's the story. That's what they keep telling me. A little bit too much Chianti uh, for lunch, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I perhaps. I think, though, that some of that asymmetry makes them more beautiful. I think that's part of the reason that they've gained so much clout as as art. Well, hand-built, and uh, the car that we're going to talk about in a moment that you're coach-built, if I should say, uh, that you're working on, we'll learn a little bit more about. But you're right. They were really works of art when you look at some Scaglietti cars and even the old Penfrinas and the Ferraris, of course, mm-hmm. and, and so many of those cars, especially the Italian. I know why you, you love those so much. They they were rolling works of art. They still are today, and I think it's fantastic that— uh, you learn these things as you start to develop because nowadays everything is just so stamped and perfect and there's not a lot of uh, life to them in many respects. No, there's not not so much soul, you know. Exactly. The the cars develop their own personality kind of as people work on them, mm-hmm. you know, not just at the factory but over the years as different people have repaired it and right or 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 raced it or whatever. They take that along with them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of stories. I had a Carmagia in high school, and I promptly ripped it all apart to put a bigger engine in and modify it. That's what you do when you're in high school. And yeah. <laughs> decided to get bold and take all the paint off that car and paint it a different color. And when I got to the front, those wonderful noses, I looked at it and I said, boy, somebody was a sculptor here because the nose had been bashed in. And instead of fixing it properly, they just crafted oh, yeah. it with Bondo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see. I know. I've seen so much stuff. It's it's amazing what people can do with Bondo, unfortunately, because there's a better way. But uh, yeah. I guess if you're a budget-minded, it's 
going to have to get you there. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with a success quote that has some meaning for you, or maybe it's a mantra, something that maybe you live by or your shop lives by. It's a nice way to get the English wheel turning since we're talking about body work here on Cars. Yeah. So Austin, (laughs) grab the wheel. So yeah, I have one quote that kind of stands out in my mind, certainly as I assemble a business and um, bring people into work for me. Um, And that's that there's no bad teams, only bad leaders. That's a quote by, I believe it's Jacko Willink or, or Leif Babin. I can't remember who, but it was from their Extreme Ownership book, if I recall correctly. I just listened to one of your fellow guests bring them up a little while ago. Ah, but, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I guess for me, it's things aren't going the right way. It's up to me to make it go righter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, and just, to, you know, grab the wheel and do it. Well, leadership is so important and it is lacking in a lot of companies. And you talked with a lot of people that work at a place where they're so disgruntled by their bosses or by their leaders or their managers. And I really believe that there should be more courses on that. Either college or even high school should have a, a leadership course on how to be a great leader. Because companies that are led by great leaders, people don't leave. People love them. They'll work extra hard for a a strong leader. And that particular uh, book and that quote is absolutely true, I think, in many ways. I was just talking with a guest yesterday where we were discussing leadership where in the military, this one leader would take a group of guys out for training and... They have different tiers in the military, of course. And then he would come onto the field and say, okay, you four guys are dead now. How well have you trained and led the other part of the group so they can continue with the mission? Or are they just lost without the leader? And then they're going to all be dead. And I thought that was an interesting process because back when I was running a company, I used to have a term called, uh, what if they were hit by a bus? Meaning, what if this one person in the chain of group of people were hit by a bus and they weren't there anymore? Would the whole operation cease to exist? Oh, well, that's smart. As I mean, even right. as the business owner, you have to apply that to yourself. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> tomorrow, can your employees show up for work? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I had a, another great mentor talk to me about you need to create a business that can operate without you being there, and then you know you're successful. Yeah. And you look at somebody like Penske, who has so many companies, and you think, how on earth does he run that many companies? Well, he doesn't run those companies. He hires very no. competent people to run those companies yep. and provides the leadership and the direction and the focus and the tools and supplies so they can do it right. So it's a yep. great quote. Yep. I love it. That's super. Well, let's talk more about your business. I would love you love for you to share more about what you do there, all the different services that you provide, and then dive in afterwards into this Strata Americana car that you're building, the little bodied Barquetta that you're working on. Sure. I find it fascinating. So let's start with the business, sure. Perush Automotive Craftsmanship. So yeah, we specialize in automotive metal restoration of any brand, really. We love working on cool old vintage Italian stuff, of course, but um, we also take care of, you know, muscle cars from local customers. And I mean, anything from small repair jobs to building a roll cage for a race car to full-blown major Concor restoration work. So you're, you're basically craftsmen and fabricators. Yep. We've got three and a half employees. Another, you know, my main guy. He's, what does he's that one half guy do? That. I'm curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's learning. He's learning. <laughs> he's learning. There's a significant um, learning curve. Oh, yeah. So re- regardless of how excited you may be, you know, it takes time. And, and they, to work at, 
you know, to work at the, uh, the level that, that we expect, Mm -hmm. um, you can't, you can't really be a novice. So, yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's great that you have somebody that's in training, if you will, because you've always got to be feeding that machine. And I've had hundreds of fabricators and builders and designers on this show. Every, everybody from someone with a one man shop up to hundreds of people working in their facility. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be one of the challenges these days is finding people, young people or old people, but young people who want to go into this business. Has that been a challenge for you? It is a challenge. You know, the guys that I, I know in this business are about my age. I'm 37. Mm-hmm. And the guy I was telling you about, he's, he's younger. He's in his 20s. And I know a couple of other younger guys, really hungry uh, and learning in this trade. They don't work for me, but they're, they're out there. Um, I think you, you got to go to the right places to find them. There's a couple of schools that are uh, spitting out some decent guys every once in a while. But you got to scoop them up. You got to see if you can find them. Um, that's the tough part because out of every out of every class, you know, maybe there's you know a couple of guys that are really good at metal, and a couple of guys that are really good at upholstery, and, and you know a couple of guys that are really good at painting or whatever. And then a lot of guys, from what I can tell, find themselves into you know the insurance or auction world from some of those programs. Exactly. Well, when did you realize that what you're doing in your career and the business that you've created was the right thing for you? You know, it's a good question. I I probably should have gone straight into automotive after high school. I wasn't entirely positive about which direction I needed to go. But um, after doing the art school thing and kind of floundering around with different jobs, kind of had this thought that I would go back through a tech program and get into it. And once mm-hmm. I got into it, you know, the skill sets that I had already developed through other work and, and education allowed me to move quite rapidly through, you know, not only the schooling, but into jobs where I could challenge myself and prove myself. And, you know, once I got to that point, it's like, well, this is, this is where I need to be. This is what I want to do. This is what's fun. So it it took some time. It wasn't until probably into my twenties that this is when I figured out what I wanted to do. My later well, 20s. Some people can't figure it out when they're in their fifties. Yeah. You're way you're way ahead of the curve. What what's one sure. of the favorite parts of your business for you? What do you like doing the most in your business? Well, we we talked about bringing up the Strata Americana build, and that's that's what's most exciting to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to be creative. It, this is a project that I'm funding. It's a way to showcase what we can do from scratch and be creative. And, uh, you know, that's the stuff that I, I'm excited about when I'm sitting around at home. That's what I'm dreaming about. Yeah. Where did this, this idea for this car come from? Because it, is it going to be something completely custom from the ground up, chassis and, and body and everything? Yeah, we're building the chassis. The only thing we're not building uh, is the suspension components. We're sourcing uh, pre-existing suspension components that are intended for Mazda Miata, but they're perfect for the weight and scale of the car. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to re-engineer all the geometry. We know know it works at the track. So, I mean, those things are obviously great track cars. Yeah. So we just decided to skip all that headache and expense and just just adapt those to our chassis that we're currently building. And then um, we uh, had a guy that I met through facebook actually who's um a designer and we just kind of got to talking and i i told him i wanted to build my own car and one thing led to another and all of a sudden we had a 3d rendering of a car that 
was nice. You know, loosely based off of a lot of the cars we've worked on. I think one car that really influenced, you know, wanting to do this, I, I restored an Oscar, or I was part of the restoration of an oh, Oscar. Beautiful cars, yeah. A couple of years ago, cool little cars. Yeah. And, you know, we had that car pretty far into the restoration, pretty far disassembled. And we're like, oh, this thing is so easy. <laughs> we could build this thing in a weekend. You know? Oh, sure. Right. Um, yeah. It's so <laughs> maybe easy. Maybe not a weekend. That's <laughs> exaggeration. But um, I'm like, let's just build a car. We can do it. I know we can do it. We both, you know, the guy that works with me, we've both been dreaming about it for years. And so we just started putting our heads together. We made the design and and now we're building it. Well, it's it's fascinating. Were you able to be at Pebble a few years ago when they had all those Oscars out at the end of the uh, the fairway there? No, but the car that I'm talking about was there. Was it? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly have never been to Pebble. It's high on my list. Uh, you something I go. want to do yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, I'm usually too busy building cars. Well, I understand uh, that. Or restoring cars. So, well, if you want a little tip, this will be my 32nd year in a row going to Pebble. So, uh, okay. you, if you want a little tip after this show, we can talk about that because there's a bit of planning you need to do. And uh, of course, this year with this pandemic, we'll see what happens. We'll all have our fingers crossed that we can all be at Car Week in August. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts. But the main thing is finding a place to stay. And you need to do that yeah. promptly because they, yeah, I know. It, they all get filled up. I think you should go. And that field was so spectacular. And one of my past guests, Tim Considine, who actually was in the original Mickey Mouse Club and was a TV mm-hmm. actor back in the 50s and 60s, he bought one with his money he'd earned from Disney. And he actually raced it under a pseudonym name because his contract stated he couldn't race when he was a teenager. And he was reunited with his old car on the lawn there. I walked up to that blue car and he was standing there and I said, Tim, how you doing? And I've had his son, Chris, on the show too. He builds spectacular simulators. And he said, this is my old car I talked about on your show. And we stood there and you could just almost see a tear in his eye as he was remembering and sharing those early experiences. He learned how to drive a stick shift in the back lot at Disney. Uh, One of the guards would teach him at night, unbeknownst to his mom. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a great, a great story. That's cool. Well, do you have an end date? Cool. Have you set an end date for this uh, build that you're doing? I would love to have it completed, you know, rolling chassis, not necessarily a rubbing driving car, but body on um, rolling chassis. I would love to have it done by July. July. Cool. Okay. And the reason that is, I don't know if it'll, this will be going on or not, but uh, we're very close to Road America. Hmm. Um, okay. and they have a very cool vintage race event in July. Yes. I was hoping to drag it out there. That'd be great. Set up a little booth. Sounds like a good car to take to SEMA. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be. It's unique. SEMA is very, it's a little different. I don't I don't know if I've seen much stuff like this at SEMA. I've been to SEMA once, but I obviously watch what's going on there. This would be fine. They have the competition of the builders. Uh, in fact, the car last yep. year that was uh, built by uh, another guest here, Louis Shevchek from JNL Fabrications, was a, okay. a wonderful kind of hot rodded version of a, I think it was an ESO Revolta. And um, okay, yeah. So no, it, they do custom cars. I mean, there's rat, there's everything. It's even rat rods and all sorts oh, of yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think uh, maybe that would be a good place to uh, debut it as well. Well, let's talk about a challenge or a failure that you've faced in your career, your business, walk us through something, but more importantly, what was the lesson you took out of that so that you could move forward in a positive way? Okay. I guess we kind of already touched on how I probably should have made my way into the automotive world right after high school. 
Well, who knows what they want in high school, right? Yeah. I mean, come I on. Yeah, Don't be so took, hard on yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But uh, that one took a little time to course correct. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess we can talk about something I, I did on a car while I was in high school that was sort of an epic failure. Mm-hmm. And I had bought a 1988 Mustang. Uh, that was my first car. My dad and I bought it. Five liter V8. Fun car. And it needed a paint job. So I got it in my head that I was going to sand it and prep it and do the paint job in my parents' garage. So I spent unknown hours prepping it and got it all ready. And uh, my parents went on a vacation, uh, took the weekend off or something. And I'm like, well, this is the perfect time to paint the car. So I got a makeshift little booth set up in there and air compressor going. And I started to paint the car and I realized I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. And the garage was filling up with paint mist and whatnot. And I got about halfway around the car and I'm like, I just, I gotta, I can't even keep going. So (laughs) So I didn't get the car painted. I I wound up dragging it to um, a local dealership that had a body shop and they did something really, really, really nice for me. And they sanded it off and painted it for 500 bucks. Wow. Yeah, that is very nice. I think they felt, I know, they had somebody in training, I Uh think, at the time. Okay. And, you know, they probably just covered her expenses and and she did a really nice job. So Painting a car is definitely an art, as you know now, but uh, it it sounds simple. You know, that's how you learn things is by trying and testing. So I'm I'm proud that you tried it. A nice job. (laughs) Somebody came to your rescue. I had... I had a ton of fun with that car after. I mean, nothing was lost other than a quart of paint, probably. Yeah, a little time. No harm harm done. Yeah, and a little respect for painters. Well, let's take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Right, we're back, and I would love for you to share a story that instigated this personal passion you have for cars, kind of a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy. Hard to pinpoint exactly. I think I. I mean, I've always liked them. Even when I was a little kid, I remember having, they're not really trading cards. They're, they're bigger than trading cards, maybe eight by eight. And they're like flash cards with cars, historic cars with uh, all the stats and pictures and uh-huh. price values and measurements and displacements. I don't know where I got them, but I had those for years. And I just flipped through them, looking at them like, oh, Duesenberg, oh, Ferrari, you know, and oh, Allard, you know, that's cool. And I, I was always building models. Uh, when I was a kid sure. and, um, you know, when I got 
the Mustang we just talked about. I remember just working on the car in the garage, kind of being at a, in a very peaceful state. <laughs> so maybe that's the time. Yeah. So that, maybe that was the hint, you know, rattling around the garage, feeling like I just need to build stuff. Yeah. That's where you need to be. Yeah. That's where you need to be. So very I guess cool. that's, that's probably about as close as I can come to a pivotal moment. Was there an Austin in that flashcard set? I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. It was very diverse. Well, I always ask people to talk about the first really special car in their world. Was it that Mustang or was there something else that came along later that was much more special for you? No, that was probably the most special. I'll be completely honest. I, I don't have a whole lot of fun cars in my life because I've spent so much time working on others. I drive practical cars and whether or not the Strata project, somebody wants to jump in and buy it, I suppose they could. But initially, uh, I was planning on building it for myself. Well, I hope you get to spend some time behind the wheel once you're done with that thing, enjoying it. I'm sure it'll put a big smile on your face. I think that oh, yeah. that'd be oh, yeah. cool. Let me ask you a question I'll bet nobody's ever asked you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would Austin be and why? <laughs> you know, that's a challenging question. Good. I do have an answer. I think we'd all like to think of ourselves as something a little more high performance, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've come to the conclusion that I'm probably closest to like a mid 80s Toyota 4x4 pickup truck. Okay, and why is um, that? <laughs> well, they're reliable. You know, they like to spend time outside. They're born in the 80s. I'm tall. They're kind of tall trucks. Mm-hmm. Kind of quirky, a little goofy. I don't know if you remember <laughs> those trucks. Oh, they yeah. had a lot of them anyways carried like a, a monochromatic decal set or graphics of course, um, yeah. I, I always really like those, and they sort of appeal to my style sense. So I, I guess, you know, utilitarian, still kind of fun, mm-hmm. kind of quirky. So, yeah. That's what you're all about. It's, nice answer. It's, it's not a Ferrari, you know, it's, it's not a Jaguar, but uh, it's probably closer to the truth. There you go. Well, it's good to always face the truth. So I think that works out <laughs> fine. All right. Well, we're coming up to kind of a lightning round here, the last lap. Uh, I'm going to fire off some questions to get some very quick blips of that Toyota throttle from you. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I think it's my willingness to dive into things. I'm not afraid to screw up. I'm not afraid to fail, or at least I'm not afraid enough to keep me from doing it. I think there's always a little bit of fear that you might, but you do it anyway and um, realize that if you do, that's an opportunity yeah. to, to learn more. So I've never, I've never really been, especially in the car world. And if it's something, can I build this? I don't know. I'll try, you know, if I can't, I'll try again. The old, the old Nike saying, just do it. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? You know, if I could, if I could go back and pop a bottle of wine, with some of the guys, I can't name an individual, but some of the coach builders from Scaglietti or, or uh, Vignale or um, Pininfarina, I think that would be really cool just to experience their life in the shop. If you could, if you could tell them, hey, this car you're building is going to be worth $38 million. <laughs> yeah, 38 million bucks someday. Yeah, they'd fall <laughs> off the stool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think that could be a really fascinating experience. Another guy, I think, uh, if you need to put a name, would be Phil Remington, largely responsible for a lot of the success of 
the Shelby Cobra racing program. Right. So I, I would go with the, the people that did the building. I, I, that's the kind of stuff that interests me the most. Artisans, designers, craftsmen. How about the best automotive advice someone else has given you? What was that? <laughs> well, I think we talked about this a little before. Um, well, you, you can't see both sides of the car at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, uh, you know, being the builder or restoring the cars, um, it can be very challenging to restore an asymmetrical car because you want to make it symmetrical right. <laughs> as much as possible, but you can't always, um, mm-hmm. you start detracting from the original build quality. So there's definitely something we said for that. You can't see both sides at the same time. <laughs> I like it. How about a go-to resource that you find very useful that you think others would as well? Uh, it's not specifically automotive, but I love podcasts. I listen to the Tim Ferriss show a ton. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of um, really interesting, intelligent people on there. Um, I've learned a lot about business from that show. Lots of good book recommendations. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be that, but I, I think podcasts are a great way to learn from people that are doing things that you want to be doing. Well. That's what Car Yeah is all about. People learning from yep. Austin Perouche about how to have a creative life around building cars and fabricating cars. Yeah, sure. there's so many great podcasts these days. It's just incredible. Now, you mentioned books. Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners that they, you think they should read? Yeah, if we go back to the quote earlier, I, I'd say Extreme Ownership. I thought that was one of the best books. I've both read and listened to it probably a dozen times uh-huh. um just revisiting certain parts i just i just really liked the message um it's really interesting there's a lot of um war stories in there that are quite fascinating too so there's there's a historical lesson but also lessons learned and how it can be applied to a life and business right i thought it was very interesting yeah my son loves listening to the jocko uh willink podcast and Extreme mm-hmm. ownership is, yeah, uh, I think the subtitles that has to do with how U.S. Navy SEALs lead and win. Um, of course, yep. he, he's an extreme guy, uh, so that's for sure. But my oh, dad, yeah. my or my son's always sending me these messages. Hey, Dad, you should listen to the show today with Jocko. It's really cool. So, yeah, it's a great book, Extreme Ownership. I'll make sure I put a link to that book on Austin's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Austin Perush, P-A-R-U-C-H, and you'll find links to that. By the way, on the Cars yeah website, you'll find a great category under resources called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 1,600 books there. I have them all conveniently linked, so you can pick them up very quickly, so check it out. But of course, Extreme Ownership is one of the great ones. I think that's been recommended many times here. All right, Austin, we're up to the last question here. It's a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you... Any cool collector car that exists out there today, doesn't matter who owns it or where it is, I'm going to park it in your garage to drive. But there's some rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to fund your own project or your shop or whatever you want to do with money. So you got to keep it if you pick an expensive car. You have to drive it. No garage queens. And here's the kicker. And I'm going to exclude the car you're building because it's not done yet, but it's the only one collector car you can have. So it needs to tick all the boxes. What's it going to be? Okay. One question for you. Yeah. Can I cut it up and modify it? <laughs> <laughs> Once it's yours, you can do whatever you want with it. Oh, so uh, I, I'm kind of, I like that an- that question though. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I think I probably would have more fun with it if I could do that. Okay. But, um, All right. The car that I have in mind, I would 
have a real hard time doing that too. And I think many other people in the world would also Let's see um, how many people we can make cringe today. <laughs> uh, two fifty TDF. Oh, okay. Um, Ferrari TDF. I love those cars. I love um, just everything about the shapes of those cars. Uh-huh. I've dreamt several times about building a replica, um, but kind of in more of a modern resto mod sort of build setup with right. modern suspension and um, and things like that. Like no one could cut something on a cut up. I <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, would really yeah. Hurt, you but. got a couple folks cringing out here. Um, I've had the the fun. I've had some friends up here in the Northwest who's had those, and I've got to spend a day with those. Even got to ride in uh-huh. one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. these days they're I don't know who know what's what they're worth now five seven million maybe more. Yeah, probably five to ten. I would guess. Yeah, you know what though about those cars? I I like like what year are you talking about? Because I know they did different variations of those cars. If you you look at the early ones which are the ones I yeah. like better than the, the mid, late 50s. I like the later ones. Do you? Actually, the, lo- the longer nose. The longer nose, okay. Yeah. Um, I just like that. Something about it, it just works for me visually. Well, here's what I think you should do. I'll buy you one of those. But you, it, the later ones from the like 58, 57, 58, you got to fix the back end. I just don't like those back fenders. It's almost, oh, really? The little the little fins? I, I something doesn't work with the front of the car for me. I don't know. It's just a design okay. aesthetic thing. Um, uh, I'm sure there's some folks raising eyebrows right now to that comment. But for some reason, the back <laughs> end looks more like a touring car, and the front looks more like a race car. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. That's why the older ones. I think I like them a little better. Like the 56, the back mm-hmm. end is kind of 250 GT short wheelbase ish. Um, yep. But I love the rounded front part of that car. It's more of reminds yep. me of a Barquetta type car with the egg crate grill and all that. So, uh, but they're all marvelous. I mean, I'm not picking on any of them. And yeah, no, they're gorgeous cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Here's the goal or the, the, the nice thing here if I buy you one of these things is you don't have to worry about the price so you can do whatever you want to it and it's your car so why the heck not have some fun with it all right right okay all right well i, I wouldn't cut it okay well good yeah there's some people right now going oh thank goodness he's not going to do that to the car but i understand maybe no, what you need to, need to do and you're already doing it with that americana you're building is you know do a tribute so you could build a second one and do a tribute to that car so yeah and maybe that's maybe that's in the future um that would be awesome i i hope this um Strata Americana build that we're doing isn't isn't the first because I really I really find it fun to be creative so or I'm sorry isn't the last uh, you know yeah so yeah, the first and the last now it's just the beginning for you I'm sure my friend yep you're going to be fine well listen you've taken us on a fun ride this has been great I want to thank you for sharing your business and your life is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you rip off into the sunset in that 250 Ferrari TDF no I guess but just have fun doing what you're doing. Uh, if you're not have, having fun doing what you're doing, go find something fun and do that. That's about it. You know, if people want to learn more about me, they can they can find my website, check out the business. That's uh, craftsmanship.com. Okay. I probably should have picked an easier URL, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you Google a name, I'm sure you can find it. So I'm sure you will. I'll make sure I put links to that. Uh, and to all your, you are, you obviously probably have social media as well that people can find you on. 
Yep, yep. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, they're both uh, Perugge Automotive. Cool. All right. I'll make sure I put links to all those so you listeners can find him very quickly. I'd encourage you to follow along. And tell you what, Austin, when you finish that car, you got to send me pictures so I can share that with my followers and we can show them what you have created. I will definitely do that. Yeah, please do. Please keep in touch uh, because we all want to see what you end up doing, especially if we're going to see it this year. I think it'll be great. I hope so. Hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life with us. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.